I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. back back in the nypd blue we are back back in the nypd blue we're here people are probably gonna hate my singing eventually they'll get over it i'm enjoying it guess what if you don't like my singing go ahead and leave a five-star apple review and just mention in the comments and i will read on the next episode your comments about my singing how about that yes yeah if you leave a funny review about me or courtney I'll read it. I'll cry, but Joe will read it anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Courtney's a dumb bimbo. That's yeah, me. What do you think about Sipowitz? Sipowitz, Sipowitz, Sipowitz. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't nail this one in our, like, what's going to happen? We didn't do it. We fucked up. No. Well, we I think it. my idea was better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll talk about the ending at the end. Okay. But overall, it was another episode. Thank you. There wasn't a damn thing special about oh, it. Oh, you know, I enjoyed the last two minutes of it. That's what she said. But this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the episode was so formulaic. In the pilot, it concentrated so much on the characters, their personal lives, demons that were dealing with they, that they were dealing with, like Sipowitz's alcoholism and Kelly's divorce. And here, it's like a strict police procedural. And all I wanted to do was see more about their personal lives and relationships with one another. Like, I would have loved to see a scene with Sipowitz and Mark Paul Gossler's character, like, sit down and kind of talk about their time together. Like, everything was so formulaic up to the last two minutes. Yeah, it was like they didn't know it was going to be the last episode until, like, 10 minutes left of them, like, going to film. Like, right before they were going to film the last like cut of it and they were like instead of us showing getting justice hey by the way it's gonna be the last episode okay we need an ending really quick how about we just start it pick it up right from the scene and we'll just zoom out how about yeah. that yeah that's how i felt i actually at one point and i'm not exaggerating i paused it and i went and google because i was like am i watching the right one because this doesn't seem very final but yeah and, i mean it was planned and everything so i don't get it because they had i went back after i watched this one I went back and watched a couple pieces of other ones from season one to see just kind of like if the pilot was the only one that was. No, all the episodes were still like a crime happened, but then it was like their personal lives and just like other stuff going on with them. So I was like, what the fudge happened here? I'm not going to lie. We're just going to talk about it now. Fuck it. All right. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. Oh, no, Joey. You want to know why I liked it? Because it signifies that there's business as usual. Things are going to go on. Sifowitz is a changed man. Now he's in charge. Are you going to wrap it up in a bow after 12 seasons? Are you going to like, there's nothing to wrap up. You know what I mean? You've already seen this guy grow and expand and do so many things. And I've read about the shit that he went through. And it's amazing. And I felt like that at this point, if they had just left it like the 15th precinct lives on, that's a better ending than changing up the whole staff like they did they tried to do in the movie and it failed i will say he started off as this really rough and tumble guy you know he had prostitutes he drank i think he was also like a bit of like a racist you know just weird shit like that and he also took the lawn to his own hands which was like one thing i admired about him but also like you're not supposed to do that but like as the seasons went on, I know that the things that he went through kind of evened him out. Instead of like making him like a harder person and they make him even more gruff, they 
they basically even him out, give him more humanity, which I liked. I liked that part of it. Yeah, apparently he suffered a death of two partners, a son, and a wife. Holy shit. Yep. You know? I read... So I could tell you how each, they each died because I had to, I wanted to go back and look. Oh, I okay. knew that Bobby, who was Jimmy Smith, I knew that he had something. And I went back because um, I just remembered that from back in the day. He had like a heart issue and got a transplant and stuff. So that was the thing. Like, that's how he died, which is which I think is a, um, if you're going to kill off two partners. Right. You got to have one die by the hands of like a criminal. You got to have another one die by like natural i don't want to say natural causes but more of like an illness type thing because then it's going to give you two perspectives of how to grieve right so jimmy smith's bobby died of that ricky schroeder's danny was killed by the mob so you i'm sure there had to be kind of like two ways that he dealt with each of his partners dying which is which is interesting Mm -hmm. um the wife sharon lawrence who also gave us the shout out in the video i love her i love her um she was killed in a courtroom shooting you know, she was a lawyer, so that that kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, Sipowicz's oldest son was sa- supposed to start work in the police as a police officer, and he was killed trying to like intervene a robbery. So it's it's almost like each of the deaths was was so kind of different. You know, it would be it wouldn't be very interesting in a character way if all four of them died by you know someone unlawful. I think this is kind of an interesting way to make him face things in different ways. I mean, he's definitely grown from the dude who grabbed his nuts in the pilot in front of a lady to now. <laughs> <laughs> he's practically in tears because he's got so much respect from his fellow detectives. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. People were kind of knowing that this was going to be the end of the series because they flirted with like jumping the shark and having him date Detective Connie McDowell, um, who's yeah, younger, a younger Gail becomes his lady. I think. Yeah, right? who's younger, better looking, and stuff. And even Sipowitz, the actor, he was like, "Yeah, I see the difference in our ages and sex appeal." As much as the audience does, I can get over it. So, so can they. So like he's pretty much in character when he was responding to that. But, yeah. you know, him moving, progressing. And then eventually with this promotion, you see that, um, you know, he, he his character had come full circle. And now he's standing up for his guys. He's bringing in the new guys instead of probably breaking their balls like he would have in the beginning. Have, having to eat some crow with the boss, too, is like also part of that. Like, I, you know, if, if this was season one, Zipowitz. He would have lost his mind on that boss. And here he's kind of just got to be like grin and bear. Yeah, just basically get his ass chewed out twice and just just standing up for fucking Zach Morris, baby. Yeah. Mark Paul's trying so hard at that New York accent, too. I was like, get that accent. Well, Sipowitz has a Chicago accent, just so you know, like super bad. That's not a New York accent. Dude, Sipowitz to me can do no freaking wrong. I <laughs> love that No, Sipowitz's character has a Chicago accent. It's not New York. Let me tell you a little secret. Right. There's a thing called a inland northern accent. Yeah. Which you obviously have of it. Yeah. Yeah. You always know how I, you think I talk Midwestern. There's an accent that runs from like upstate New York all through like the country. So sometimes like a Chicago, New York accent do have similarities. Mm, it's heavy on the Chicago, but <laughs> whatever. I digress. Uh, it will give the hill to you. So yeah, characters, we got fucking Zach Morris. I'm going to do a fun fact again. I'm just going to do fun facts. Like, I'm sick of just, like, giving you what they're from. Yeah. Do you know he dated pretty much the whole, uh, his three female co-stars in Saved by the Bell? Didn't you watch the Lifetime movie of it? Duh. What? There's a Lifetime movie? <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those unauthorized ones where the cast didn't basically give their okay, but... Whatever. Uh, but he um, dated Lark Voorhees for, like, three years during it. 
Um, yeah. Also, he's not a blonde. He dyed his hair every two weeks for the show. I knew that. Jacqueline Albrador's Detective Rita Ortiz. She was in The Man Apart, and that's a grossly underestimated movie because Vin Diesel plays the main character in it. But it is such a good cop movie. You definitely got to see it. Oh, that's very interesting. I did recognize the blonde too, but I'm not sure where I've seen her. Before. I didn't do the other ones because they're all in other cop shows that are like on now or were on. So there's no point of me just listing off every other cop show that these character actors. <laughs> also, the final episode and season of NYPD Blue tied Hawaii 5-0, the 1968 to 1980 version for a 12 season run. Uh, and But Hawaii 5 had 23 more episodes total, 284 to NYPD Blue's 261. Holy fucking shit, 261 Ooh. episodes. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you <laughs> let's think about that. Like, that is how many hours of play, how many production hours of playing the same character? Break that down it's for a minute. Crazy. Like, it, if you figure, like, say a shooting day is 12 hours, you know, for that one hour of television, we're talking over 3,000 hours of playing that character. Years and years. You're basically years. that character now. Like, the, your personality yeah, like, is that character. Your regular yeah. personality? Gone. Gone. It's like Ellen Pompeo and um as Meredith Grey on Grey's Anatomy. Like she's just gonna be Meredith Grey. Crazy. I don't get how the writers even write for that many shows. I will say that the Law and Order itself, the main one, not to mention SVU and the others, went on for many, many years too. And I think it's just it's one of those things where they try to take some real life crimes, use those. They make up crimes, obviously, exaggerate those. Read the paper. <laughs> you kill off some people, you get a new partner. You're like, you know, well, I would say if like when you compare to Hawaii Five O, which was on just as long, I would think more people watch NYPD Blue. Yeah. And I think that the biggest thing is like, this is such a revered show that they wanted to revive it, but they just like shit their own pants because they were like, we have to live up to the hype of this. Yeah, don't worry. And also they casted the shittiest cast. Yeah, I, I was unenthused. And I also didn't like that when they were going to revamp this, they it was like Sipowitz was murdered. Why couldn't he just be retired or old or like? It was going to have a son done? in it. Yeah. Theo Sipowitz. Yep. That was, was his reading. baby he had with Sharon Lawrence's character. Oh, okay. I guess like the sometimes they'll do that with spinoffs or reboots like, oh, those people are dead because, you know, maybe they can't make an appearance or something. But I did not like the premise of that, that all of a sudden he was murdered. Like, he had just worked up to Commander. Like, I don't know. Let's give the man a little more. You have to have let him die with dignity, if anything. Yeah. Like, if you played a character for that long, that's an on-screen death. That's not an off-screen death. Thank you. Thank like, you. I like, straight up. you. I got to see that person die because it's going to kill me. And it's also going to be the highest rated fucking episode ever. If you yeah. know someone's going to die during it. Like, when you know a main cast member is going to die and they build that up for any show, you watch that show. Oh, yeah. Even the casual for viewer sure. would be like, holy shit, someone big's dying in NYPD Blue. I watched it like six years ago. I'm hopping back in just to watch this episode. I did that. I will tell you right now, I did that with Grace when they killed off Dr. Shepard. Um, ER, I was still, like, watching it then. But when they killed off Anthony Edwards' character, everyone knew he was dying. He had cancer. I mean, that was a huge, huge thing. Yes, you're 100% right. That's basically... I mean, you fall in love with these people. It's like you want to have your own closure with them. Mm -hmm. So, Courtney, let's dive into the live view. We have a prostitute dead. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Paul coming in giving mad attitude to people. <laughs> yeah. Also, the doorman was acting 
so overacting, like so hard. No one wanted to reel that guy back in. He must have known it was the finale. Yeah, he was like, he's like, here's my bit part. I'm getting paid $56 and I'm going to act the shit out of this because I want to be discovered. My residuals are going to be <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> he's probably still getting like 25 cent checks to this. Oh, day. yeah, definitely. Do they run NYPD Blue reruns on the ABC network? Probably the not. But definitely the Hulu residuals. No, yeah, you can gr- you can jump on Hulu. I don't know if they, gosh, I don't know. You would think to me with the popularity of other cop shows right now, you would almost do reruns of this just because you think like I, there's still reruns of Hill Street Blues. I watch them sometimes at night. So, like what time do you watch? Like how late do you stay up to watch <laughs> Hill Street Blues? I'm pretty much, I'm a late, I'm a night hawk anyway. They must rule the Thursday night, 3.30 a.m. to 4 a.m. They, like time slot right before the news starts they must just absolutely dominate that time slot i think i've told you before that my father gets three channels and one is me tv and he will watch thank god Gunsmoke went on for 20 years because he's like oh today i gotta watch wagon train and Gunsmoke." and i was like dad this shit has been playing for 50 years like you already know the outcome but oh uh, so fun you know. fact after the production company i once interviewed for a local tv station but the guy was like people come in and they give you something to play and because we're community access you have to play it but the thing is you don't have to specify when you can play it so you play it in the middle of the night so if you go on some of those there's like people's content that they record as long as it doesn't have nudity or profanity or hate speech you have to air it we're missing out on a golden opportunity because that would be hysterical there's gonna be some weird we can put us out in there could you imagine you and i at like a 5 a.m time slot just babbling be awesome i'd make our dvr that shit oh my god we got well, you have to idea. like live within that town well we all have the public access though yeah but you have a different public access than me right. it's by town or sometimes there are groups this one had like two or three towns together and i was like walking through and i'm like you guys have all of this equipment and all of this shit and like a whole kitchen set and a whole like new set and you guys don't use any of it i was like what are you guys doing you're wasting taxpayer dollars I was going to like rip this guy to shreds. I was like, what are you doing? I have, I've actually interviewed somewhere out there in mass too. I interviewed for, for a public access job. I'm in retrospect. I'm glad I didn't get it because I think like you say, it's more like plug and plays where I want a little more like creativity. Yeah. And then you have like 80 year old camera operators. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Dead call girl in the bed, red, orange blood. I guess I never thought we'd watch this in HD so we can actually see the color, (laughs) how the fake blood is, which it looks like she got stabbed in the face, but apparently she was just choked out. Yeah. What was all the, I I guess I didn't understand her complete cause of death because they kind of, when we finally find out who did it and what have it, I didn't understand exactly how she died. Well, our man liked to whip girls with a belt. Yeah. Until they bled, apparently. So maybe he put the belt around her neck and then choked her because it was like asphyxiation. I'm also pretty sure that the guy that played the guy who did it because I had, like I said, I went back and watched a couple from season one just to check out a couple things. I think he was also in another episode as someone else. Probably. I was like, well, did you run out of people in the 12 seasons? You had to go back and be like, all right, he's from season one. Grab him. Yeah, <laughs> no one's going to recognize him. Well, C. Brown did. <laughs> Sipowitz comes in. We learned that he's the commander. And then another intro starts. Did you notice that this show had two intros? Are you talking about because the the badge... 
comes on by itself at one point and then like the cast intro no so there's like an initial intro when the it started of like new york city skylines and stuff like bam, 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 bam. oh yes and then the nypd blue intro starts. yes they did it in the pilot too it's like the b-roll thing of the city something happens and then you introduce your cast yeah i think it's like a cornerstone of the show from what i've put together like they always start with some b-roll of like What's happening in the city? I don't know how I missed that, but it almost gave me an aneurysm. I was like, wait, did I just, what What happened? Why did they do that? I think that's always their establishing shot. Like they show New York City footage and be like, oh, don't forget, we're in New York City or, you know, like that. But it, I wonder if it changes. I don't, I don't know. I think it does. I was like, why is it, why are they doing this? <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge. Here you go. Do you see how stylish Sipowitz got with it? That tailored trench coat he had coming in. Can we with? talk about how he has brought back high waisted pants for all these women? With how long <laughs> his he was basically tucking his tits into his pants. I was dying. I was like, I felt like it was, <laughs> like it was one of those joke things, and I was like, those pants are so high. So like, why does Sipowitz even wear a belt if it, those pants are so high up? They could just rest on his shoulders. <laughs> they're so good they're so good and i'm glad to see that he's still wearing the short sleeve like shirt tucked in too like he has not given that up in in 12 years yeah he's still stuck in the 80s with his style i'm here for it they wrap everything up go back to the precinct you have the politician who came in and was like she had feelings for me i had feelings for her and all this no she didn't have feelings for you she was (laughs) you were sugar daddy dumb bitch he comes forward to say they're having a relationship with a girl who'd been killed so that like He's trying to deflect suspicion because if you wait for them to find out that you were the main client, then they'll like think you did it. And even like when he says, I gave her a gift that was fairly insignificant. Like, why say that? What was the why didn't you just be like, I gave her a birthday present? Yeah. Then the wife was was like, yeah, she went shopping like twenty thousand dollars on our dime. Yeah. (laughs) So insignificant. And then they get a lead on another guy from her phone book. He apparently has diplomatic immunity. He's a Japanese consulate. He kept calling the detectives. He's like, okay, guy. Okay, guy. I was like, is this some kind of like intimidation thing? (laughs) Just call everybody guy. I don't get this guy right here. You know what they didn't elaborate on very much? They shed like a tiny little bit of light on it. But the fact that the one ex-chief who was affiliated with the guy who ended up doing it, like was prying for information from those two young detectives and like later, like, like what was his stake in the game? That's really that's shady yeah i think ever i think the department was in on it like even sipowitz's boss oh well gosh it would have been nice if they if they gave us a little info on actually that. on second thought i don't think he was i think he was just feeling pressure from that guy because he probably has some influence still that kind of happens and here you have sipowitz and his team doing the right thing doing what they think is right like even when they told him the case was closed you could tell on um sipowitz's face like he smelled a rat like he still knew oh, yeah. Something wasn't mm-hmm. right. I mean, and Zach Morris all over it, all over it. And then they go to visit the sister, her sister in the bookstore, who's just like, yeah, she doesn't want me to know everything, but she tells me everything, a stupid slut and all like, basically. Yeah, she was pissed. Like, yeah, she and was she gets stupid. mad and she goes upstairs. I was like, where does she live there? Where is she going? Like, she was pissed and had tears in her eyes from the moment they arrived. I mean, I, I guess like her sister just died, but like. The whole family dynamic was weird. Like, you knew that the dad knew that the daughter was a prostitute. And the mom's trying to be like, she's been very busy with business. And he's like, what fucking world are you living in? And and, uh, model and stuff. He's just like, don't don't fill your head with all these stupid fucking stories. Just weird. You know who the sister was, though? Who? Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years. Oh, I don't. I've never seen that. That's probably why she wasn't in my character list because I didn't find her important enough. 
Danica McKellar. She's very classic. Winnie Cooper. Big character. Look it up, Joseph, later I mean, on. Obviously not if she's playing. Well, now she does a lot of Hallmark movies, but that's when they were kids. So You're obviously not that big of an actor if you're playing rando person number seven. It's hard for some people when they're child actors to adjust to adult roles. Okay. All right. Whatever you say. You don't know that plight? No. I, <laughs> it's a I well-known know the plight thing. of them going to rehab and then end up on a VH1 reality show. That's what I know of. Yeah. That is the trajectory of a child actor. And then they get to my favorite one. We found out this woman has threesomes. And they go visit this feisty little redhead. She's like, well, I don't want to piss anyone off. And then Zach Morris is like, imagine pissing us off. Yeah. I was like, you go, Zach Morris. Also, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm just going to refer to him as Zach Morris. I know I do this on every episode. I just pick nicknames for people. And that's how I follow along with the story. So suck my balls if you don't like it. Exactly. None of them needed to have names. They could just be like green shirt cop, blue <laughs> shirt cop. Like, who gives a shit? Sipowitz is the star. He's a one man. You got Sipowitz, you got Zach Morris, and then you got Tweedledee and Tweedledum are the two yeah. new guys. Don't give a shit. The lady cops, blind and brunette. Don't even I, know. Still the don't know. The guy at the front desk. Those are just how we do how we do. You know what I liked about that, though? Speaking of that guy that worked the desk. It's different. Love it. Is it's so different, and I think because Sipowitz had started out like on a serious note, I think he had started out as someone who was prejudiced. And the fact that when he becomes commander, that guy says to him, "Oh, you become commander," and he's like, "Are you gonna stay?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I'm glad." Like you, that shows so much growth in that one tiny. It also shows society's growth with having this on television and that and that light and like because generally you have like a male heterosexual role as a police officer and now you have gay police officers you have gay soldiers you have it just shows you that society has progressed but i liked it because he spiced up the um phone answering (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure but i mean this is also 2005 that's still 15 years ago that's pretty progressive yeah that's you know what i mean it should be we should be more progressive than that but you know we'll take what we can get they also brought him back for the movie how how have I not known all these years that there was a movie? It was in 2019. That's why. Shut your mouth. Yes. Shut up. It was last year. What? I have got to explore this. Who was in it? Nobody. <laughs> like literally the lead role. Is it supposed to be like when Dax Shepard made Chips the movie? And it's not supposed to be them in the TV show? It's just supposed to be like its own thing? Yes, but it was based off of the storyline because you had Fabian Frankel play Theo Sipowitz. You know who that guy is? Wait, say his name again. Fabian Frankel. <laughs> no. He's been this? in four things. It was Last Christmas, uh, NYPD Blue TV movie, The Serpent, one episode, and then Venice at Dawn, where it hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I thought when I read up on the reboot, I had I had some miscommunication because I thought they were making a TV reboot with the son. So was that ever in the works or was it all for this TV movie? I think it was the TV movie was going to launch it and then they were going to rejigger the series and then move it from there. Like they were going to rejigger the however they felt people took to the um, TV movie. Oh, piss on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally looking. I'm like, I don't know one person. They took one of the other, one of the girls from the original NYPD Blue actor. Her name's Kim Delaney. Sounds familiar, right? Kim Delaney? Yeah, she's in All My Children. Yeah, Kim Delaney is 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 a good actress. Was she in the TV movie? Yeah, apparently she's also been in an amazing breakthrough movie called 10.5 Apocalypse. That's about a book, you know? <laughs> 
What the frick? Oh, that's a, her biggest things are all my children for three years, army wives for five years. She was in the real NYPD Blue. Oh, actually, they have Rick Gomez. He was in Band of Brothers, but he wasn't even one of the main characters in Band. Of oh my Brothers. God, you and Band of Brothers. Every time Rad's up, Band of Brothers, Band of Brothers. <laughs> oh my God, fucking educate yourself. One of the best TV shows and television in history. Are you kidding me? Anyways. Back to this. All right. Then we find out, ooh, Japanese diplomat signs a confession. Boom. Back to Japan. See you later. One hour, he's having lunch. Next hour, he did a murder and he's on his way home. No, I put right in here, I call bullshit. He's an easy scapegoat. They were like, you want to know what? Fuck that. Let's go after and dig a little deeper on this. How did they find that girl from that lunch so quick? And she's just like on the street. Banana land. How did they find her so quick? I don't know. That's part of it too. I felt like there were some gaps. Like, it's like, I didn't, we didn't need a couple of these characters, in my opinion. You didn't need to go see the parents and then the sister. And like, we didn't need a few of these people. It kind of just wasted time, time that I wish had been spent seeing a little bit more about the dynamic between Sipowitz and his people. Considering it's the finale. Oh, like, I don't know why you think you liked this, but I, I don't think I you like think you did. the <laughs> ending, the last three minutes. Yes, I do, too. Did not like the episode. I know. I, I just don't like we in this episode, we have we have now entered. We got the guy who killed her, the girl herself, his wife. We got another prostitute. We've got the diplomat, his girlfriend. We've got two new detectives that we don't give a shit about, uh, you know, because they just entered today. We've got um, the prostitute's mother, father, sister. We've added 10 new fucking people into this, and I haven't gotten to know a single person in Precinct 15. Do you think that guy um, that had a cane was the commander previous? Yeah, or one of them, because the other guy that came in was like, I guess when you're gone, you're gone. Yeah, no, he was um, Gordon Clapp. He was in all 12 seasons as well as Sipwitz. Okay, whatever. Then so yeah. he worked there in some way, shape, or form, but he must have retired or something. So I guess he was him because they had like a, a mutual respect there at the end. Uh, and that's yeah well when the main boss comes in i was like who's this frigger that thinks he can talk to sipowitz like this <laughs> <laughs> you're like sipowitz is a little chihuahua that you need to get unleashed on him yeah so they do they do some digging they find out from the uncle of <laughs> the japanese consulate that he's a yeah, big like, gambler. oh yeah here, there's another one like oh we found his 12th cousin once removed wife here let's bring him it in talks about oh how he had a gambling debt that he bailed him out of so then they go to the bookie oh yeah we got to be the bookie too and then we're up to a baker's dozen of people here apparently they dropped 110k off before he left yeah they were like hey confess to this will pay off your gambling debt so you can go back home without someone coming to kill you the mob oh i know how because i almost got wondering how the rich guy knew about the diplomat but it's because those two young detectives gave his name to the ex-chief yep and he was in cahoots with the rich guy which just Mm -hmm. was just as like an avenue that was added in there but just not developed so why did he even matter to the story yep doesn't make any sense. It could have been one of those things where someone just overheard the two of them talking or something. But I guess, you know what I think that's supposed to show? I think it's supposed to show that Sipowitz is going to be good to his people. And even though it's the first day on the job and they kind of really fucked up, he didn't really like they. But other than that, they really didn't fuck up, though, if you think about it. They did their job pretty well. Yeah. Well, then they could have used a better example for how Sipwitz was going to be a fair boss. I don't know. Look at you just loving it because it's a police procedure. I'll get no, out of I, here. I don't. I, I, I thought of a better ending, and I'll, I'll talk about it later. Okay. I just want to get through 
everything that fucking happens in this episode. Well, now you got to get the chauffeur in there. Person 13 that we've met. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the chauffeur. Uh, Boss comes in, rips him again for making the arrest. Yeah. Also, a cop would never drive a car that he's not insured in. You know how he drove the Benz? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to love this. And the guy was like, I bet you will. <laughs> so they make the arrest. They, I think they were pretty nice about it, like, like cuffing him in the front so they could drape the jacket over and just bring him out. You know what I, You know what pissed me off about that? It's like, it's like why? Because he's an old rich dude. You're going to cuff him in the front? I was like, yeah, fuck that. privileged little bitch. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe they thought he murdered a person, which is fucking horrible. But maybe they thought because like, did the chauffeur kind of allude to the fact that the murder was accidental? I don't think it was so much accidental as he just, he just said that he looked white. Like pale. And obviously he may or may not have done it because he's into the kinky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, you know how many people die a year because they put a belt around their neck and they try to finish themselves before they pass out and oh, then end up strangling them? God, what the hell? It's called autoerotic asphyxiation. What's wrong with this world? I learned about it in one of my criminal justice classes. Oh, sure. I'm sure you learned about it in class, Joel. <laughs> it's also been in like movies and stuff. No, but that's really where I learned about it. No, I know. Uh, I know what it is too. I'm just teasing you. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, they were respectful to him. They're going to cough him in the front which bullshit put him behind his back and make the frigger walk out there. But all right. Yeah. I didn't like that. Sipowitz's boss came back and screamed at him again. I was like, Sipowitz put his head down. Like, has he lost his edge? Like I was like, no, well, he's just more humble now. He's not arrogant. Like he was in the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's good. You know, the old commander comes in and he says, you're going to have to do three things. Answer to the people above you look after the people below you and live with yourself. He's like the, the last two you can do. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's hard. I don't, I don't like that. It kind of went from him getting yelled at into the last scene, which you and I really were into. I kind of wish they could have crammed the whole murder into half of this episode. And I would have loved just to see more development, even with him and the boss, like butting heads a little bit more or, you know, something. Uh, So what I actually would have liked to see is there had been at least an antagonist for, from the beginning, at least the last season for him to take down. And then he sits at his desk yeah, after the promotion and then just gets back to work. His whole thing in the pilot, if we reflect back on that, was the whole mob dealings. And that, you can tell from the pilot, it's going to go on for several episodes, if not the entire season. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. It needed, like, that big villain. And it's, like, his triumph when he takes it down and still... And, battling with the higher up and then you could do that scene where everyone comes in and just says that and then he sits back at his desk and goes oh fuck what's next and then just takes that that folder and starts reading it that would have been a great ending because it would have been like business as usual sipowitz he won the battle he's still waging the war you know what i mean i would have liked that too i will say that them coming like in pairs or one by one to basically acknowledge that he's the boss and that they have faith in him was really, really big to me. And Dennis Franz in that without even speaking, he was doing some amazing acting, his face, his breathing, like he's getting like a little choked up. Like, and, and yeah, I mean, it's probably real life being like, this is the end of yeah. 12 fucking years of my life. Holy you know, shit. even and when Mark Paul, Zach Morris comes in and just calls him boss. I was like, that was really something. That that last couple of minutes there was really special. I really liked it. 
And I love from a cinematography standpoint, that slow-mo of the camera working away from him in the desk and showing the whole precinct because it's always been him and that precinct for 12 seasons. Everyone else is gone. He's He's been the one that's always been there. Yeah, like him in the corner and then zooming out and some of the lights still being on. But it shows that like he's not done working. He's still going to put in the hours after all these years. He's been the constant. All of these other people have come and gone. People have died, you know, switched out, moved away. And he has always been the constant. And he's the last, you know, the last man standing, basically. And that that's what, you know, I think that part is saying. I did like that. I didn't like the whole episode. Unnecessary storyline. Formulaic. You know, I really enjoy watching these older shows. I'm kind of nostalgic in that way. And I do like the formula of certainly our show where we're just, we're watching all the, all the shows we watch have ended. So, you know, they're, they're all old in their own way, whether they're 25 years old or they're two months old. So I think it is nice because it gives you a little bit of a sense of how TV has evolved. And if you're a person who's into television and all the tropes that have been built through these really iconic shows, there's definitely some value of going to watch it. You know, when we talked about Broad City, one thing that Angela had brought up was talking about how she watches old episodes of Cheers and it's like, oh, that's been played out. And then she realizes like, my God, no, that was from Cheers. So I think when you go back and watch something like NYPD Blue, you look at it and you go, oh, well, I've seen that a million times on Law & Order. But no, it came from this show. And the show was really ahead of its time for a number of different reasons, certainly that we yeah. highlighted in the pilot. Oh, I like Blue Bloods. Or, you know, I like some of these other shows, you know, Chicago PD and all these other places. Like, this is the OG. Hop into this because you'll have some fun with it <laughs> because it is a little bit grittier than what you've been watching because you know this sex the swearing and stuff like that too so um if you're a fan of you know the not glossy cop show you want something a little you know grittier check it out see if it kind of feels that that hole for you i'm actually pumped to kind of explore you know in the coming weeks some more older shows as well because i think they're things that people like our parents watched and it's funny to kind of put yourself in those positions and watch TV from their perspective for a minute, you know, kind of remove yourself from the world and just see like, like we're going to do the West Wing at some point on here, um, for example. It's it's fun to kind of go back and just say, God, what was the world like then? Why was this so big? <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. And like, why are my parents obsessed with like Veep and House of Cards? Right. How they were ready to so dive in the poli sci again is because that void from West Wing. TV and society and culture and fashion, they repeat themselves. So that's where we're kind of seeing here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so happy our first old one we got through. We are out of the mid 2000s for once. I Thank know. God. I know. Of course, next week, we're kind of going into a newer realm. Into a show that I virtually know nothing about, which is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I lived it. So welcome to the welcome to the, welcome to the world of Crazy Ex-Girlfriends. I have I don't know a damn thing about it. No, but neither. it should be funny. Thanks for joining us. Leave us a five star review. Follow us on Instagram at Spoil Everything Pod. See y'all Tuesday. <laughs>